about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. I had high fevers as a child and was given medicine that stayed my teeth. Kids bullied me, made fun of me, asked me if I knew how to brush my teeth. It not only affected my self-esteem, it made me self-conscious about my smile. I did not want to smile as a kid. People were always asking me what was wrong with me. I just didn't want to open my mouth because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I don't want another kid to feel the same way I did growing up. This is the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. My name is Sherry Wirtz. I'm a dental hygienist and I've been in the dental field for over 30 years. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. We talked about how your mouth is a window or portal into your body. This week, we're going to talk about what you can do to improve oral health. We don't fully appreciate the importance oral health has on our overall health, and we don't talk about it enough. The fact of the matter is it's a delicate balance of bacteria in your mouth, and it's just as important as your gut health. When certain bacteria become overgrown, various oral problems start to develop. Periodontal disease is just one example of how bacteria affects the soft tissues and bones, and it's initiated by an increased bacteria. Periodontal disease is called by porphyrinuritis gingivitis, and I know I said that wrong, and it impairs your immune system response. The bacteria is called porphyrinuritis gingivalis, which impairs your immune system response. Bacteria that cause cavities is linked to streptococcus mutans. Your oral health in turn impacts the rest of your body and can have significant impact on your risk of disease. Periodontal disease and type 2 diabetes are strongly connected, as well as heart disease and preterm delivery, meaning low birth weight if the mom has a bacterial infection in her mouth. When bacteria cause tooth decay and gum disease and it enters into the bloodstream, it actually has your liver releases C-reactive proteins, which is an inflammatory response. The inflammation in turn is known to be a disease-causing force leading to chronic disease. Inflamed and diseased gums increase your risk of a heart attack by up to 10 times. Improving your oral microbiome is like your gut microbiome in the sense that it needs to be balanced in order to have optimal health. Even otherwise harmless bacteria can have a pathogenic effect if it's out of balance or doesn't get disrupted or is too disrupted. However, while ingesting probiotics improves the balance of the bacteria in your gut, strategy doesn't always work for your oral cavity, or you need a different probiotic for that. So a key to improving your oral microbiome is first to stop in killing the good bacteria in your mouth. Everyone is different in our genetic makeup. Everyone has different sensitivities to foods and ingredients, not only in your mouth, but also your body. And I'm living proof of that. While others get tissue sloughing when they have certain products, some people are not affected at all. So that means knowing which products work for you and which products don't. Some people can have alcohol-based mouth rinses and toothpaste or fluoride, and some people can't. Some people can use 
trichocycin and sodium lauryl sulfate and others can't. I cannot use a toothpaste that has sodium lauryl sulfate in it because it gives me canker sores. So I have to use a more natural toothpaste. Burst has a natural toothpaste. Tom's has a natural toothpaste. New Skin's toothpaste, whitening toothpaste doesn't seem to bother me. But again, it's all trial and error and what is good for you and what is not good for you when it comes to sensitivities. Fluoride can also have an effect on your endocrine. So if you're a person that has a thyroid problem, you might not want to use something that has fluoride in it. Even topical fluoride comes into question when you have thyroid issues. So what can you do as far as products if you have sensitivities? You can brush with coconut oil. I know that with everything I've gone through, I've had to eliminate olive oil and everything. I can only use coconut oil to cook with now or avocado oil, but sometimes avocado oil is a problem. So I stick with coconut oil. Brushing with coconut oil is good. People love to do oil pulling. I laugh about that though, because if I can't get someone to brush their teeth for two minutes, I, I wonder how I'm gonna get someone to do oil pulling for 20 minutes. So if you're a person that can do that, then I think that's great. We just wanna make sure we don't brush our teeth too hard. It's ideal to brush twice a day, 30 minutes after a meal. So if you've eaten something acidic, you're not weakening your enamel by brushing. And sometimes it's not good by brushing immediately because it does weaken the enamel. Acid attacks your teeth, eroding the enamel, and it also attacks the root surface. So the enamel, which is the part that you see of your tooth, is the harder structure. The dentin is the weaker structure. So if you get gum disease or recession, the root surfaces are going to be more susceptible not only to cavities, but to sensitivity. So the toothpaste you use is gonna be really important. So you can make your own toothpaste. Flossing is another thing that you can do in your routine. You can use regular floss, you can use floss picks, you can use a water flosser. And again, not every tool is gonna to be ideal for everyone. So you have to decide which tool you're gonna to use and which one works best for you. 32% of US adults over the age of 30 never floss. 37% don't floss daily, 30% floss on a daily basis, and more women floss than men. If you're among those rare people that floss, consider adding a water pick if you're not a person that wants to floss. Water pick will actually flush some of the bacteria out of your mouth that you miss with your toothbrush. So some people are really great at brushing their teeth and flossing doesn't matter. If your teeth don't touch, flossing doesn't matter. But most people don't get all the surfaces of their teeth. And most kids only brush the outsides of their teeth. They never brush the inside. So they don't get inside by their tongue. So a lot of times when I see gingivitis, it's on the inside of the lower teeth because it gags them to get in there and brush their tongue. So if you have little ones and you're brushing for them, let them brush because they brush the front ones pretty good. And then you go back in and brush the outsides of the uppers and the insides of the lowers. That's the most common place that your kiddos are going to miss. Basic flossing. If you're going to use regular standard floss, you're going to pull out about 15 to 18 inches and wrap it around your middle fingers. And then you use your index fingers and your thumbs to floss. You're gonna gently glide the floss between your teeth, avoiding snapping it down so it doesn't cut your gums. And then when you make a C-shape, meaning that you kind of pull 
the floss underneath the tooth, you come up and over the pink tissue before you move to the other side, or you're going to cut your gums. If you don't floss every day, you're probably going to get some bleeding when you floss. And although the bleeding isn't normal, that bleeding is going to happen unless you're consistent with floss. If you're getting bleeding or you look at your gums and they look really inflamed, that is not normal. You can brush more often, ankling your toothbrush towards the gums to massage and sweep any plaque or bacteria out from underneath there. But it's going to take you probably five to seven days to get that bleeding to go away. If you're brushing like that every day, twice a day, and your bleeding gums aren't going away, you need to see your dental professional and figure out what is going on. And you're going to just repeat. If you don't like the string floss, you can use the little floss picks to get in between there. You can use interdental brushes. Tepe has a great line because they have all different sizes to fit in different nooks and crannies of your teeth. Tape also has a brush that's great for getting in all those nooks and crannies and getting in the back, especially for people that have wisdom teeth that can't get behind there. So a lot of people, when they're brushing and they get their toothbrush back, they feel like it's going back as far as it can. They're missing that last wisdom tooth because you need to close down and your cheek pulls out so you can get around it. But you can't be too open and you can't be too close. It has to be just right, Goldilocks. So oil pulling, if you've never tried oil pulling, it might be something that would be worth trying. You have to put the oil in your mouth and you basically swish it around for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It has antibacterial ingredients in it and you use it basically like a mouthwash, but you just swish a little bit longer. And there are videos that you can see. I'll put one in the link that you can watch an oil pulling video. And coconut oil has definitely been proven to inhibit the streptococcus mucans that cause cavities. Also, xylitol is another product that helps reduce the streptococcus mutans. If you're going to oil pull, you're going to measure out a teaspoon of coconut oil. And if you find it's too much or not enough, you can adjust. You're going to swish it around your mouth using your tongue to push it around your cheeks and your teeth. And you want to make sure that the coconut oil is not solid and that you might want to try a fractionated coconut oil. And you're going to do this several times. Some people like it, some people don't, but it does increase the pH of your mouth, which also helps reduce cavities. Personally, I use one teaspoon and then I will use a sodium bicarbonate in there. Sometimes potassium bicarbonate, sorry, I put some salt in there. That helps. If you need to stay away from salt or watch your salt intake, you're not going to want to add salt or baking soda to it. The reason I like baking soda is because baking soda neutralizes the pH. So with some of the medical issues that I've been having, I have had an increased pH, not only in my gut, but in my mouth. And I choose to use baking soda to help balance out the pH. So there's other supplements that you can use. Vitamin C, it helps improve and preserve periodontal health and it improves your body's defense. Coenzyme 10 or CoQ10, it also helps with bleeding gums. Perio Protect is something you can get from your dentist. It will help tighten up your gums. It's a little more on the expensive side, but again, if you're talking disease and it's gonna cost you thousands of dollars to fix a neglected mouth or body, it's not that expensive. Vitamin D, vitamin K2, these are all things that are going to be important. Your homeopathic tissues and the immune response you get is going to make a difference to what's going on in your mouth and your body. Developing a comprehensive oral plan is going to be important. Caring for your teeth and gums is an essential part of overall health and wellness. It's important that you address nutrition, diet, home care, mouth breathing, pH. These are all things that are important in reducing 
the bacteria in your mouth and having a healthy mouth and a healthy body. So five things you can do, you can reduce the carbohydrate intake that you have because it's going to affect insulin. And if you're fasting, you're going to want to avoid things like beans, legumes, grains, rice. You're going to want to have things like quinoa, oats. I have had to stay away from bread, pasta, cereal, bagels, fries, pizza, all the things that I love in order to help my body get back on track. You're going to want to limit your daily intake of fructose to 25, less than 25 grams. That includes fruits that you take, especially if you're type two or insulin resistant diabetic, you want to limit that to probably 15 grams a day in order for your insulin to balance out. You're going to want to focus on eating a diet that's fresh and whole foods, grass-fed meats or gigantic and fermented vegetables. This will help ensure that you're getting plenty of minerals that help your bones and your teeth. And you're also going to need to consider adding supplements if you're not getting enough. And the way you can find out that is a blood test or a hair test. You're going to want to brush two to three times a day. You're going to want to use a fluoride or a non-fluoridated toothpaste, depending on what it is that you believe. You can create a natural toothpaste using coconut oil, baking soda, essential oils. And there's no compelling reason to expose yourself to dangerous chemicals. Natural chemicals are highly effective and they can also be cost-effective. You're going to want to floss. If you like coconut pulling, then you can coconut pull for five to 10 minutes to reduce the bacteria in your mouth. Some people recommend that you do it for 20 minutes. So it's just going to depend on what it is that you like, but these are all things that you can do to improve your oral health. And I've also been talking a lot about mouth breathing because what I've been seeing with my patients since we came back to work and we've been wearing masks, if you notice, or even if you don't notice, just kind of pay attention because when we went for COVID and we were off for those weeks and I became an oral myofunctional therapist, I learned so much that I didn't know, even as a dental hygienist about habits and thumb sucking and finger sucking and mouth breathing. And I knew that I mouth breathe at night when I sleep and I was waking up with a dry throat and a stuffy nose. But what I didn't know was that I was also breathing through my mouth during the day. And I notice it even now that I'm aware of it still during the day when I'm working on patients, my mouth is open and I'm breathing through my mouth. And there are times that I kind of choke because I've inhaled and I've inhaled my saliva because I'm breathing through my mouth. So breathing through your nose is really important. When you breathe through your mouth, you dry out your oral tissues. You reduce the saliva that actually help prevent cavities because they bathe your teeth. When you're breathing through your mouth and you reduce the saliva, you now don't have that anymore. When you're breathing through your mouth, you get the air in, but that air is now not filtered by your nose and all of the things that doesn't slow down. You're breathing more shallow. You're not breathing deeply through your diaphragm. So noticing how you're breathing is important as well. It's gonna be very important to watch what your kids are doing. The first three months of life, you can't breathe through your mouth. Your kids have to breathe through their nose. Breastfeeding helps because it helps shape your child's mouth. When you're mouth breathing, it changes your facial structures and how your mouth looks. And okay, you're not using that nose. I'm just going to kind of block it off for you so you can get more air through your mouth. But just because we can breathe through our mouth, it doesn't mean we should. And we're lucky and that when you can't breathe through your nose, you do have the option of breathing through your mouth, but that 
actually is an emergency status and your body then thinks you're in emergency. So if you're breathing through your mouth all the time, your body constantly thinks you're in emergency status. And again, your body is going to compensate for that. And I think that's why we have so many sensitivities to food because of everything we put in our food because of what's in our water. There's so many things that I, I can't even get into it at this point, but just be aware of what your habits are, what you're putting in your body, how you're breathing. It's going to be so important. And especially for your kids, if you notice that they're mouth breathing or they're grinding their teeth or they're wetting their bed or they're walking on their tiptoes, these are all things that probably have a lot to do with what you're feeding them and how they're breathing. And there's five things that you need to survive, five essential things. And they're in this order, oxygen, water, food, sleep, and shelter. So we are going back to the basics and looking at all of these things and making sure that we're getting enough oxygen because of how we're breathing and making sure we're breathing through our nose and not our mouth, making sure that we're drinking water that is good for us and doesn't have a lot of contaminants in it, depending on where you live. If you have water or city water, if it's really chlorinated, you might want to filter it. I was drinking distilled water thinking that I was doing something great for my body. And then I found out that distilled water, because it doesn't have any minerals, depletes more minerals in your body. So now I'm no longer drinking distilled water. I've switched to alkaline water right now because my body is more acidic. So knowing your body and knowing what to do is going to be really helpful in what to look for and testing your pH. Like for me, when, now that I realize that my pH is out of balance, I test not only my mouth pH, but I test my urine pH because then I know what's happening with what I'm putting in, but then I also know what's coming out. And that's why I switched to alkaline water because the output was just as acidic as some of the things I was putting in. And I thought I was doing great by drinking cranberry juice in my water or lemon in my water and eating grapefruit and tomatoes. And I realized that those things were too acidic. And at this point, it's not something that my body can handle. So that's why I talk a lot about being your own healthcare advocate because everybody is different. And one thing I learned with going through cancer is our sick care system, which we call a healthcare system, but it really only treats sick people. What happens is it treats the majority. So the treatment that I received is what works for the majority. And when I talked to my doctors and I said, you know, this is what I'm concerned about because this is what happens in my body. They're like, oh no, that's this. I felt like I wasn't really listened to. And that's what I'm trying to do now with my patients because I realized that I was one of those healthcare providers. This is what I learned. This is what I knew. So this is what I thought was right. But come to find out it's right for maybe a majority. It's not necessarily right for everybody. And it certainly wasn't right for me. And this cancer protocol with some of the things that I've put in my body, it didn't work for me. And it sent my body into a tailspin. I have now had hives for three months on and off. I am having what I thought was a UTI. And now I know it's not, it's just the acidity in my body. I'm having hemorrhoids. I know this is probably personal, but you know, um, amongst all of this stuff, everything that I put in my body to fight this cancer has totally unbalanced my system and I am completely out of whack. And that's why I'm talking a lot about this. And it all starts in your mouth. It started with how I'm breathing and what I'm putting in my mouth. And so when we talk about being healthy, 
a lot of times we talk about diet and nutrition and exercise, but if you're not healthy and you're struggling or your kids are not healthy and they're having dark circles under their eyes, they're not sleeping, look at what's going on with how they're breathing and what you're putting in. Your kids might be susceptible and you don't even know it. I didn't realize that my daughter had sensory issues and she didn't handle the textures and the tastes. And I just thought she was being, I don't want to say bad, but I just was like, what is your problem? Like we've had this stuff and I guess I just wasn't aware. And so by doing this podcast and talking more and coming out and sharing my experience, I'm hoping to bring awareness and connecting our mouth to our body and looking at the things that you're putting in your body. And we do things for convenience. I mean, our parents used to make food from scratch and we weren't busy. And when we, when I did cheer, my mom worked, she didn't come to all my games. She wasn't dropping them off. I had to figure out a way to get there. We had to ride our bikes to get places. Our parents weren't working their jobs around our schedules. Like I worked my life around my daughter's schedule. I worked my jobs around my daughter's schedule. That wasn't what happened when we grew up in the 60s and 70s and 80s. It was completely different than it is now. Our kids are busy. Our lives are busy. And we do what's convenient. We have convenient foods. We have takeout and we eat more takeout than we start cooking foods. So getting back to the basics and just looking at the things that are important. How are you breathing? What kind of water are you drinking? Where's your water coming from? What is the source? How is your body balanced? What kind of sleep are you getting? And that is all going to be important. I mean, we all are going to try to have a shelter over our head. So I'm not going to talk about shelter. There are other people that talk about that. I'm going to talk about the things that affect your mouth and your nose, because that's where everything starts as far as health is concerned, as far as that's what I believe. And I also believe that when you have gum disease and you have a chronic disease in your mouth, that is an early warning sign that something is going on in your body. If you don't know it, if you know you have heart disease or you know you have diabetes or you know you have a thyroid condition, then you already know and you know what you need to do. But if you think that you're healthy, coronavirus is, has if it's taught us nothing, it's taught us that people that thought that they were healthy, that were had coronavirus totally take them out. They had something underlying systemic that they didn't even know that they had. And I believe that 100%, that if you were affected by coronavirus and you thought you were healthy, you weren't as healthy as you thought you were. And breathing is really important. I have a girlfriend, Angie Stone, that talks about dirty teeth are killing you. And she works with patients in nursing homes. And patients in nursing homes now are no longer having their teeth brushed. And a lot of them are dying from aspiration pneumonia. And it's because they're breathing that bacteria that's in their mouth in and it's getting into their blood system and their body and we're not taking care of their mouth. Again, all of these things and all of these people that I've met during this journey have totally changed the way that I view things and look at things. And I was one of those healthcare professionals that said, if you're having this, you must not be brushing or flossing. Now I know it's about way more than that. Brushing and flossing is just a small part of it what you put in. And like I said, I can have, I can't have sodium lauryl sulfate, but other people can have that in their toothpaste and be perfectly fine. So when you go down the toothbrush aisle and you're completely overwhelmed, all of these products are because so many people have different sensitivities and a 
product that works for one person might not work for another person. So you really have to be your own healthcare advocate, your child's healthcare advocate, and really be aware and pay attention of the reactions. If you had a food and you're, you notice that your child is really sleepy, then maybe you shouldn't have that food again. Maybe your child is sensitive that, to that food. If you start itching or breaking out in hives like me, then you know that's not something that you can have. The problem with what I'm going through right now is now I've had a cumulative effect and I have to completely detox my body and start adding things back in slowly because everything bothers me. I can't put anything in without breaking out in hives for the last week. So that's kind of why I am doing another podcast similar to what I talked about last week, because it's really important what you put in, how you're breathing and just making sure that you're your own healthcare advocate. I feel like not only am I fighting the cancer, but I'm fighting the healthcare system and what they recommend because that's not what is working for me. So what I found is I'm not in the majority. And so I'm having to spend a lot of time researching and finding diets and detoxes that are gonna work for me and what foods work for me and keeping a list of what I eat and what happens if I got sleepy or if an hour after I eat, I needed to sleep. I have to think about what did I eat and not eat that again. If I'm breaking out in hives, what did I have? So I'm hoping that with what I'm going through and the different things that are happening can help you and what you're going through. And again, I'm kind of just rambling right now. I got off topic because this morning, again, I woke up with hives and the hives are even bumpier than before. And so I have to go down a different journey and it's not just about the health of my mouth, whereas the health of my mouth is probably what saved my life, my bleeding gums and getting that burst water flosser and being like, okay, why is this causing my gums to bleed when brushing my teeth wasn't? So it led me down a path of looking into what I'm doing. And I was really good before about what I was eating, but I realized that I was having sensitivity to things that I didn't even know were affecting me. And I guess, like they say, everything happens for a reason. So getting this cancer and what I'm going through, I'm hoping can help somebody else. So today I'm kind of rambling because of how I woke up this morning and what happened to my body and my immune system response. And I'm just sharing a little bit of what happened with my body. So if you need to keep a journal, keep a daily log of what you're eating, because I do believe that what happens as far as even how we're breathing and stuffy nose has to do with what we're putting in our mouth. I did learn that when I tape my mouth at night, it keeps me from waking up in the middle of the night. I get better sleep. I feel more rested. I don't have a headache. And on the days that I don't mouth tape, mouth tape, I wake up with a stuffy nose and a dry mouth and a dry throat. And so I know that makes a difference. I'm making sure that I'm drinking more water. I'm making sure that I'm breathing through my mouth, my nose more and my mouth less. And I'm watching what I put into my body. My, my diet is very restricted right now. And I can tell you what works for me, but I can also tell you that everybody is different. Even just my daughter from me are completely different with what sets her off and what sets me off. But I now know she gets that from me. So I feel really bad that I've passed that down to my daughter. But what I'm going to do now is teach her at an early age to watch what she eats because that accumulates in your body. And I really believe that what I was eating, what I was drinking, what I was putting into my body is what contributed to the cancer that I have.
or that I had. I am now cancer-free. So I'm totally excited about that. But having to watch, again, what I put in and make sure that I don't have a lot of soy because soy is what contributed to my cancer. My cancer was estrogen positive and soy is something that is in everything. So I'm having to read labels now. And I was going to the grocery store and spending hours reading labels until one of my friends said, why don't you research on the computer what you can and can't eat and then go to the grocery store. So that saved me a lot of time. And I didn't even think about that. If you're experiencing some of the things that I am, you have tips and tricks that can help someone else, please get a hold of me. I'd love to have you on the podcast so we can share and help other people that are going through some of the things that we're going through. I'm finding more and more as I go through this, there are more people that have sensitivities and are experiencing some of the things that I'm experiencing. So I'm going to bring more people on that are talking about that and can share their experiences. Because this morning I called a friend, I had to phone a friend because I was at my wits end about these hives. I broke out with them on Wednesday and I've been taking Benadryl and then I broke out again with them this morning. This is what we're talking about today because this is what I'm experiencing. And normally that's not what I share on this podcast, but I just felt like I needed to come on and talk about what has been happening with me and help someone else and just reach out and ask if you have something that you think can help, please let me know. I am open to anything right now because I truly don't want to feel like this anymore. And I want to be able to eat and be happy again. And I obviously know there's certain foods that I'm probably never going to go back to and eat again. It's just my new normal. As much as I hate that term, it is what it is. So Hope this was helpful. Thanks for listening. I know I rambled a lot today, but I appreciate you guys and your support and listening because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and absolutely a healthy life. I've learned that when you don't have your health, it's hard to do anything else. Stay positive, keep moving forward, and just be your own healthcare advocate. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Do you have a question you've answered on the podcast? All I'm asking is for you to do three things. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, tell me what it is you'd like me to answer on the podcast, anything about mouth health. And if you'd like for me to leave a shout out, make sure that you leave a name. That's all you need to do. Then just make sure you tune in and listen so you can hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. And join us next time on the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. If you'd also like more information, you can head over to www.dentalhygiene411.com where I have more resources and information for all things mouth health.